This episode of the Punk Rocket Show is brought to you by EpicMerchStore.com, a website selling unique merch for more than 200 ska, punk rock, hardcore and metal bands. Hello guys, welcome to the Punk Rocket Show episode 8. My name is Emilie Plamondon and I'm your host. I live in Quebec City, Canada and I love to talk to you about punk rock music every week on this podcast. Today I'm gonna present you the interview I made with Jesse, Bill and Davey from Chaser. We talked about the new album called Dreamers that's gonna be released on April 9th. You're also gonna hear an exclusive new song. How exciting is this, huh? I will also make you a great recommendation for a great artist named Steven Newfeld from California and his project is called Craig's Other Brother. And as usual, I'm gonna talk to you about some punk rock news. Let's go. But first, let's talk about EpicMerchStore.com. I love band shirts so much. That's why I'm really happy about this partnership with EpicMerchStore.com. They have an impressive catalog of t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and kids merch for more than 200 punk rock, ska, metal, and hardcore bands from all around the world. For example, you can find merch from bands like Mute, CF98, Jagged's Revenge, Much the Same, Down by Law, Big D and the Kids Table, Chaser, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Randy, Pulley, Darko, Veneria, and I think they just had it, Craig's brother on their list. What I like the most about Epic Merch Store is that they have exclusive designs and we can choose between many different colors and size. And they also offer flat rate shipping costs. Get your merch at epicmerchstore.com. We ain't got no place to go. Let's go to Punk Rocket Show. <laughs> Darling, take me by the hand. We're gonna talk about punk rock bands. <laughs> Hi, my sweet friends. I hope you're doing great. I'm really happy to be with you today. And also, I'm super excited because I booked a virtual show with my band, 50 Shades of Punk Rock, my duet for next week. We're gonna go to a very nice microbrewery in Saint-Jean-Port-Joli in Quebec. It's like an hour and a half road trip. So I'm really excited to go back on the road with my sweet bandmate, Simon. We're gonna be on a Facebook Live and it's free. So I'll share you the link if you want to check. And I am pretty nervous because first, Simon and I have seen each other maybe three times over a year <laughs> and almost no rehearsal at all. So ugh, a little stressed, but we had a jam together today and it was so much fun. So I'm going to focus on that. And second, I really don't like having cameras on my face. I always feel super awkward, uh, makes me nervous, but also I can't wait and I will just try to have so much fun. And the setup is going to be pretty great because I think it's going to be very professional, like the cameras and the sound. So I can't wait to play live for my punk rock friends. And it's going to be fun to sing some punk rock covers for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's going to be on April 1st. And I'm really re looking forward to a virtual show two days after, so April 3rd. It's a live show from The Creep Show, a band from Toronto that I love so much. And they are always super amazing on the stage. So I can't wait to watch them. Oh, by the way, if you see that some awesome punk rock bands are playing live uh, on a virtual show, please 
send me a DM because I'm not always aware about all the virtual shows and I'm craving shows, whether they are online or in real life. And since the number of COVID cases are increasing again in Quebec City, hmm, and Canada is a little late with vaccines, I think I will need some virtual shows soon. <laughs> okay, now it's time to listen to a great artist. Repugmentation. I am really stoked to make this awesome repugmentation for the new solo project of Steven Ufeld from Craig's brother, Brookhurst, this legend, and hey Mike. <laughs> and he needed a new project, huh? <laughs> Uh, he made a fantastic, fast and melodic punk rock project called Craig's Other Brother. Uh-huh. Hmm, I see what you did there, Steven. <laughs> He's also a very nice human. We're gonna listen to his song, Coming Clean. Enjoy and listen to the whole album because it's available everywhere. And I heard that he's gonna make some vinyl pressings. Oh. this so much it's totally my favorite kind of punk rock as you may know (laughs) 
If you want to know more about Stephen, just check the show notes and you're going to find some information if you want to reach him or buy the album. Interview. I was super happy to have a great talk with Chaser. I have fun with Jesse, Davy, and Bill. We talked mostly about the new album, but also about their pandemic life and some of their music influences. Enjoy the interview. So, how are you guys? Uh, we're good. We're good. We're hanging in there. How about you? I'm fine. Great. It's uh, it's about to be the spring in Quebec City, so it's it's interesting to see the snow melting today, and everyone oh. is super happy outside. Even if we are still under a curfew and like super uh, restrictive measures, so it feels good. It's the it, it's yeah, it's the first step to being out and about, and hopefully things get better when we enter the summer. I mean, that's that's, that's the we're all keeping our fingers crossed for like more yeah. more normal times. Are you both <laughs> sure. in, are you both in California? All of you are still yeah. in LA yeah. area. Uh, well, they're in Orange County. And I, uh, Mike's up in Riverside, and I'm in uh, San Diego. Oh, okay, okay, good. And uh, we met actually, maybe it was two or three years ago at Music for Cancer. Do you remember? Yes. That? If yeah. it was yes. two or three years ago. Two. I think it was uh, three. three. Yeah, three, two and a yeah. half actually, because it was in September. I feel like we also ran into each other at Puza, maybe. Mm. I, I don't know. Puza yeah, Fest who's also? at the yeah, Foof. So I remember that. Yeah, but Music for Cancer, that was so much fun. We played together uh, in an after party. That's you played true, yeah, acoustic. We did, for sure. We've done a show together, which is yeah. exciting. Then the next day, that was a super huge party night, too, in another bar. Remember, we were all dancing. I remember, Jesse, you were there. Uh, we were like, that was a <laughs> I huge. Don't leave it. <laughs> I don't it. That was yeah. so much fun that night. And that, yeah. that acoustic show the night before the after party yeah. show still one of the coolest experiences we've had as as a band everybody Aww. just singing punk rock covers at the top of their lungs and in, in that little room there in the church yeah that was special the sound was great there was also much the same scott price yeah. uh chad price sorry scott uh yeah what's his name Damn. Scott, Reynolds. Scott, Scott Reynolds. Scott Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Mix the two names. Scott yeah. Price. What well, a great duet. All lead singers. <laughs> it, it's, they're interchangeable. It's good. Yeah. That was a great night. Um, yeah. So, how are things with you with, about COVID? Did you have to cancel a lot of things? I'm sure you did, but like. All, all the things. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate truth is that this has been. We're still holding on hope to, to this and that and the other, but it's just been a holding on to hope and holding something gets better and just keeping our fingers crossed. And, you know, there's been no official cancellations of any summer plans, but we <laughs> all kind of know where we all feel where it's heading, I think. And that's we're just waiting for the official word or for these, you know, the you know it, it's a, it's a real downer <laughs> to be honest were you in every, a every, were you in the middle of a tour for instance or no nothing like, a, like that we had a show on the 10th um of january with pennywise and big bear mm. and then we had some obviously we had a bunch of stuff scheduled for the summer and the spring and that just all got once march hit it was just within a couple weeks all that was done and so we weren't not luckily in the middle of a tour like the other bands that had to just get on a plane and come home and that was it yeah. you know 
Yeah, I know. Uh, Bomb pops were getting ready to hit the road, right? I was thinking about yeah. them. They were just releasing their album, and oh, they could, they had to cancel the release party in LA, yeah. I think, and then yeah. the old tour. Oh God. Yeah, yeah, they had a bunch of sold out shows. They were really ready to just like launch, and oh man, what a just what a terrible terrible thing I, i just i know i don't know i think you were supposed to play at the red bridge festival here yeah. close to quebec city yeah it was canceled yeah. in 2020 yeah i'm probably i'm sure it's gonna be canceled <laughs> officially for june yeah yeah oh man it's <laughs> you're supposed... we're trying to it's everyone's trying to just like hold on and just for a few more months i guess it's been so long you know it's just uh There's a lot of hopefulness, but also just a lot of like hurry up and wait kind of stuff. Yeah, but there's a lot of hope though. Mm -hmm. I, I I think so. You know, we took our all of our last tours from last summer and the festivals and everything just rolled over to this summer. So yeah. Redbridge <laughs> and et cetera and everything, all the plans for the summer in Europe as well. And uh, we're already committed for next year. So if this summer doesn't happen, then we'll, it'll be 2022 and we'll sure. be there for all the same shows and same festivals. So you had a lot of time to work on the new album. Did, it, did you start it to um, record it and write it before COVID or you just yeah, rushed the, the it? Yeah, the album was actually finished being oh. recorded last April. No. Oh, really? Wow. So when COVID hit and we realized that Well, frankly, no one realized what was happening at that time. Nobody knew. We, we were still in the, in the studio in March and April when everything was, all the news was coming out. So we just put mm. everything on ice. We just took the record, sent it to the blasting room for <sighs> mixing and mastering, who always do an amazing job. And then we just put it on ice, not really knowing what was happening in the world. And eventually it led to delaying the release of the album for an entire year. Oh, I see now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's hard because you're, yeah. you're like super enthusiastic to release it and show it yeah. to the world. And and then, it would, oh. yeah, it was hard. And we were so excited about the music and putting out the first album we'd done since Sound the Sirens when mm -hmm. we came back on the scene. So we were so pumped on it. And we were originally planning for like a summer release leading up last summer release leading up to the festivals. Mm -hmm. And we had to just call, call it off and wait until we could get some more clarity. So we sat on those songs for an entire year. And that was really hard knowing that we wanted to put out music for the fans. So that's actually why we released that Look Alive 7-inch yeah. in September. Oh, we just wanted to put some music out and just give the fans something. We already we already teased them and told them that we're in the studio in February, March, and April, and we got new music coming. And then we had to put it on nice, so we gave them the the Look Alive seven inch just to give a couple of the songs that came from the recording. Oh yeah, Look Alive was, by the way, my favorite song of 2020 from wow. all the songs. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I had a question from the listener. He was saying that the the little vinyl you, you released for this song was amazing and he wanted to know if you chose the, the artwork for this one and if you... <laughs> yeah, the the artwork could be one of the hardest things we do as a band is going <laughs> round and round trying to figure out what the artwork is going to be. We really are perfectionists. Um, that artwork probably went through three or four or five totally different oh. themes and settings, right, Bill? I mean, how many, it took us a long time for that look alive artwork. And then finally the idea came to us. 
We sent it to Seb with stereo design and said, all right, but here's what we want. Design us something like this. And he took it and ran with it and, and did an incredible job. Yeah, I love it. So good. So you're good with artwork because the new album artwork is amazing too. With the astronaut and the, we see like Saturn or a planet. It's Th super great. Yeah, thank you. We've got a lot of good, got a lot of good really um, responses on it and we're really happy with it. So we're, we're excited that uh, with just the, the colors and the, uh, the vinyl variants that uh, are included. And so we couldn't be happier with it and we're excited that people are Mm -hmm. Seems stoked on what uh, what uh, what it's all about. So the album yeah. the album is called Dreamers. Yeah, we wanted something we wanted something hopeful. We actually had a last minute album title change oh. and artwork change again. We had, <laughs> poor Seb. We actually got to the the end and the finishing stages of the album artwork, and uh, it just wasn't exactly what we wanted it to be. So we started over, we had an album change, changed the title. We actually had another working title that we've been oh. sitting on for a year and we changed it to dreamers and we wanted something different. We, we really fell with this album. We wanted something uplifting and bright and positive. And I think everybody knows now with chaser, it's always about positivity yeah, and PMA positive. and, and giving, giving people some hope. So we went with something that, as Bill said, the colors are awesome. Oh, yeah, people, I love it. It's hopeful and people are really, really stoked on it. Us too. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I, that's why I asked you if you started to write the album uh, before COVID or not, because the title for me is like super, like like you said, it brings so much hope. So I was like, maybe they choose the title. They chose the title because of COVID and they want us to, to have some hopes. Yeah, we came up with the title after or yeah. we decided on that title post-COVID. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if it was uh, like, yes, let's do this because of COVID. But I think, you no. know, mm -hmm. it all played into it. You know, we wanted something hopeful. And especially right now when everybody just feels like they want to feel hopeful about the future. Yeah. They want <laughs> to, to feel something positive. And so we felt like it was a good time that that just for this particular kind of title that sent this kind of message. But uh, the songs were all written pre-COVID, so there wasn't uh, thematically, in terms of the music goes, it wasn't uh, a response to yeah. COVID. It was, but it definitely fit the fit the it moment. Fits. Maybe. We fucking need to dreams these days. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. We need to dreams about shows, but at least we have some great music still coming up, so it's it's great. So you you said that you still bring some positive lyrics so what are the lyrics about uh, specifically i i read that you you said somewhere i think it's it's on your Bandcamp page that it's the most personal album you've ever written yeah i i think so i i think so um we just wanted it to be something that was honest mm -hmm. and real and it's not you know i'm with all due respect to Fat Mike, it's not Fat Mike about our drug abuse and substance abuse yeah. and things like that. It's just honest. It's real. It's about, it's about family, our families. It's about hardships. Mm -hmm. um, that's what the song, the song Dreamers, it was actually inspired by, oh, Hi, yes. just right on time too. Here he comes, Davey Guy. Welcome. Joining, joining the uh, Zoom call. Yeah. Are you in your car? So we were talking about the positive vibe on the the album. Yeah, 
Um, I'm not waiting for Davey personally. Oh, there he is. All right. Hi. Just as I, just as I say, I'm not waiting for him. He appears. So maybe <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah. So th- th- again, there's a lot of songs that are very personal, um, you know, to the, li- the lives of the band members. And mm-hmm. so I think that maybe is just a, a simple explanation. It's not, not so much of a global, you know, there's a songs that, deal with like global issues or you know more about and songs that are more related to, in a global sense but there definitely are a lot of songs that are very personal to personal experience about being a parent mm. or about yeah struggle within a certain family that's personal i mean that's uh maybe that's what we mean by most personal yeah <laughs> i heard that. yeah and again we always you know you'll notice in chaser chaser lyrics often that We'll take something that could be a negative situation and we try to put some kind of positive spin on it. It's not always about how bad things are. It's often think things are tough. Let's see what we can do to fix it. Let's take our own accountability and responsibility in it. And what can yeah. we do to be better in our own world and in our own societies and communities? That's often, um, that's often kind of a chance for some <laughs> wow. You're about to get 86. I might be. That's a nice sound effect for the podcast. Yeah, good. So yeah, positive vibe. I think it's super uh, accurate these days. We we all need this for sure. No, definitely. And why did you choose the the art? We were talking about the artwork a little earlier, and you said that you wanted to change. But why did you choose something about like universe and planets and astronaut? It's, it just, there was something about it that just looked cool and it, it really does look cool. And yeah. it's got a little bit of edge to it because it's the Seb design. You're talking about Seb Terrio, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good guy. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So we just want, we thought that kind of space was like conquering new heights and, and reaching new limits. And that's kind of what we need as a society and within ourselves as well as just continue to dream and, and push the boundaries and reach new heights and new limits and explore okay. explore new uh, areas. So in outer space just kind of felt that way to us. It just yeah. was, was symbolic. I really love space and astronomy. I'm really passionate about it. And I every time I think about the Earth, like from another perspective of, of universe, I'm like, why are we bothered so much with stupid things and why are we fighting all the time and it's super like philosophical and <laughs> so i really enjoyed the the artwork for this reason and the title dream dreamers fits so well mm. yeah the space is universal right as a me- both metaphorically and, and literally yeah. <laughs> so it's universal it's just something that we can all agree on oh, totally relatable to everybody yeah everyone is fascinated by by space equally so you're right great uh, i have a question from a listener about the recording or, or the album writing uh, he wants to know if you experience any challenge specific challenges or more difficult things while writing or recording the album billy you want to take this one <laughs> um it's hard to think of this right this album as a challenge because Given our experience on Sound of Sirens, which was a much more challenging recording oh, okay. session, so I'm just lining it up. If I line those two experiences up by side by side, this went about as smooth as we could have hoped for 
you know, in terms of the actual wow. tracking. Now, I guess probably the challenges as all bands face is in the arrangement of the songs. And really, when you start getting down, like, you know, we can get a song to 90 percent. And then that last 10 percent is really where the challenge comes in, mm-hmm. making sure all the fills are just right or making sure everybody's instrumental parts is just those last little flourishes that you add. And the, I know that Jesse and Mike spend a lot of time on the vocals and the melodies yeah. and harmonies and making sure those are just right. And so I think that that is probably not an unexpected challenge, but definitely the most challenging part when you get down to like, okay, this is a good song. Now, how do we take it from a good song to a great song? That's probably always the most challenging part. But as far as the recording session goes, once you, once we got into the studio and once everybody was really had their preparation dialed in mm-hmm. it, and we had such a great engineer and Paul and oh, just yeah. producing, uh, helping us with the record and, and really making it great. Like it just became a, a lot. It really went smoothly. So I, I don't, you know, I don't, I can't think of any one thing in the studio that happened was like, wow, that was a big challenge. Whereas with Sound of Sirens, I can think of like a yeah. hundred things oh, really? that happened in the like studio. What? Like what? So, you know, that's, it's just everything. We really, we did pre-production with Paul this time, which made a huge difference where we oh. didn't do that with Sound of Sirens. So it's kind of like we learned a lot of lessons from Sound of the Sirens to avoid the challenge. It was really a, an album where I think we learned the lessons to avoid those challenges mm-hmm. that made it so hard that one time that we did it. So uh, in that way, I don't think we really had many challenges in terms of tracking and and uh, the actual uh, production of it. Besides choosing the artwork, I think it's what I understand. Artwork is for that sure. What... <laughs> yes, that would be a challenge. I forgot about that already, but yes, that's the truth. I think the hardest part of writing the album, um, I, I love what Bill said, by the way, and I think every band and every band that actually has diligence and care for their music, getting it to 90% is, is hard enough, but getting it that extra 10% yeah. to take a song from a good song to a great song, that is really difficult. But And I love that, Bill. I think the hardest thing that Mike and I experienced in the writing process was definitely the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It was we got hung up on really almost every single word. I mean, and him and I, he'd write some songs, I write some songs, and then we would almost critique each other's songs and say, that's not good enough. It's got to be better. About the and lyrics, would, you said lyrics? Yeah. Wow. So, so that was that was probably the hardest part was making sure that the songs were things that people wanted to hear and wanted to listen to. And the messaging was something that was important to us and also relatable. And so that that was difficult. And as Bill said, the recording process was great. We everybody came and prepared. Yeah. Everybody nailed their parts. And I wish <laughs> with all you guys on here, I wish people could see what Sound the Sirens process was like. That I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> We were like, it's almost like we were 13 years old, you know, Aww. in our first time in a recording studio, not knowing anything that we were doing. So fun. I mean, we just had it. We had a little bit of a band just a message back and forth about Sound the Sirens, just looking back on it. And I, I said something, I was like, that album to finish it, it required, it required like nothing but just like pure grit. And like, that was it. Like, it was just like a stick to And maybe to a degree, that's how we knew as a band that this was going to be something that we could. We could really, I, I don't know, like when you're, you know, as a band, when you're really in the weeds like that and you've just got all these challenges you're facing and somehow you pull through and you like make it happen just by sheer power and just, you know, um, just will just that really is empowering in a way. You know what I mean? Like it just mm-hmm. is kind of like, wow, we can do this. You know, when nobody gave up, nobody threw in the towel. It was like we just yeah. stuck it out and just like did the work that needed to be done step by step and we made it. So 
I look back on that album as like a real like kind of turning point for the band. Like we can overcome challenges, you know, like oh, yeah. we're not a band that's going to give up easily. We're not a band that's going to give in to challenges. We're just going to keep pushing forward. And like to me, that was a defining moment in the band. And that's a that's a moment I look back on with pride and and excitement. And, you know, that's something we can hang our hats on. That's and we never spirit. have to do it again. We never <laughs> have to do that again. <laughs> we, and we learned it was a learning experience for sure. Uh, sure. And the, the recording of Dreamers was like the complete opposite of that experience. It was vacation. Which was great. <laughs> yeah. It was vacation in space. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Uh, you released the, so far like two or three uh, singles for this album. Three? Just released our third single. Yep. Yeah, Dreamers, I think yep. A New Direction and 2020. That's correct. Yep. So if we listen to those three songs, is it a good representative sound of the album? Sorry, my English is... I just woke up yeah. for, for, from a nap and my English is still, <laughs> still hard to, uh, to get back to. <laughs> so... Yeah, yeah. That, it's a good representation. We yeah. intentionally wanted to show that this song, that this album has all the speed and yeah. energy that you want to expect and you want from Chaser. We we did a new direct, like in 2020, we did a new direction because we just love having it, one or two of those really mid-tempo mm -hmm. rock songs that have that drive from beginning to end. And uh, Dreamers is just more upbeat and a little more little more pop punk like melodic yeah. punk bouncing souls millen Colin, less than jake style and we want we have we actually have more of that on the album too so the album is a really good blend of of okay. everything that you oh. would expect from chaser energy speed killer melodies and oh, harmonies yeah. and some positive uplifting lyrics so we really felt like those three songs was a good, good representation of the rest of the album and there's 10 more songs coming yeah. uh, never before her yeah it's a it's a big album i'm happy about that because these days yeah. everyone release eps which is super great too but i i, I enjoy like long albums exactly personally. no no eps for this band no, no disrespect <laughs> but not for chaser so we actually tracked in the studio 15 songs oh and we were thinking about doing maybe a 15 song album and we took the two and, and used them for the look alive oh, instead okay and so great uh this album is gonna be released on a lot of labels like from all around the world thousand islands records in canada I think sound mm -hmm. sound speeds uh, records in the U.S. P records and Logjaw. How is it to work oh. with four actually Sabam? Come on, oh Sabam. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Not Lockjaw, I mixed, but I mixed yeah. the we two. We love Lockjaw. Yeah, but love Lockjaw guys. Big punk rock family, but on Sabam. Okay, and how is it to work with different labels? It's really great. We work with um, we're working with four labels, which requires a lot more preparation, coordination you know, email communication, yeah. a lot more communication. It, it's a lot more difficult, frankly, than Sound the Sirens, which we released on Effervescence Records. Shout out to Fab. You know, he just pressed the records, had them, shipped us a box, he kept the box, and we were on our way. Four labels is a lot more coordination, yeah. but these labels are incredible. These labels are awesome. They're are, there are kind of people. Oh, yeah. We love working with all of them. They're personal friends. Totally. And um, the biggest goal for us is shipping a record to Europe. I don't know. I don't know. 15, 20 bucks postage to get it down to Australia, 25, $35 postage. It just gets too expensive oh, for yeah. the fans. Oh, totally. 
especially when and you're a vinyl lover like me, it's like, oh, hey. Every, every time. And then Canada too. So for us, it's such a perfect solution is everybody has their records and everybody sends to their own countries. And, and in the end, it's not about us. It's not about the labels. It's definitely not about the money because there isn't any. It's yeah, only about it. the fans. So get them the records that they want and the ones that they love and get it to them for as cheap as you can get it to them. So mm. that's what we're about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all great people. I really admire those people because they are working so hard too. Yeah. Great. And you're going to release a gorgeous pressing of vinyl too. I love the colors. I'm like super excited to get one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. It fits with Definitely. the artwork. Like all And the all the labels are so hard working and there's they so do it for the right reasons and they do oh, it yeah. for the fans and for the scenes and so we we absolutely love working with them. Oh yeah. I have some questions for the list from the listener for you. Uh someone on Instagram asked me how is, how is it to be part of the California's punk rock scene now compared to the 90s? Well, <laughs> you take this one, Bill. <laughs> Well, so uh, full disclosure, I didn't live in California until 03. Oh, I cool. grew up on the East Coast, uh, but obviously I was connected through the music, but I was more of an East Coast hardcore guy growing up just because it was all regional back then. Um, but, you know, in terms of uh, being in a band, I mean, you can probably talk more to that, Jesse, in terms of being in a, I was in a Southern California punk band in, until probably late, not... I, oh nine or one oh or whatever you were in a band earlier than that so maybe you could talk about early 2000 being mm -hmm. in a punk band as opposed to now being in a south socal punk band it's probably more your realm yeah and growing up in southern california davey here too i mean it was always punk rock it was when you go skating you're listening to punk rock you go to the beach it's punk rock yeah you go up to the mountains it's <laughs> punk rock. so that's just what we did and uh For, for us playing shows back then, it was different because there really felt like there was a scene. You know, we were coming off the tail of the 90s wave mm -hmm. when big, big bands like Green Day, Offspring, Blink put punk rock on the map. And then, you know, Bad Religion, No Effects, Pennywise as well. But yeah. in Southern California, those bands in the 90s, the pop punk scene, et cetera, I mean, that exploded into mm -hmm. mainstream. So coming on the tail of that, you know, the 2000s, there were still tons of kids at shows. And it kind of felt like, uh, Bill, maybe on the East Coast, you know, in the 90s and the late 80s and such, when people were going to shows to support the scene. Like it was a, it was a mission statement. It was about, we still want to go to shows. There's new bands, there's mm -hmm. local bands and bands touring and coming and playing our local venues. Let's go support the scene. Let's go support them. And honestly, I haven't seen much of that in California at all, frankly, but I, I didn't really see a lot of it until we went to Quebec mm. and until we went to Europe. And I realized in Quebec, you all are actually supporting a scene. You're trying oh, yeah. to keep punk rock alive in that, in those shows and in those venues and haven't seen a lot of that, you know, in, in the States. Yeah. It's crazy. I, could, here. I, could, mm. I couldn't agree more. It was the same thing on the East coast. A lot of local shows just really went off. And people were, they just loved being a part of that community. And it was like, whoever was playing, you would go out and be with your friends and, mm -hmm. you know, you would be a part of that scene. It wasn't like, there didn't have to be a big band playing for people to show up. You know, it was, people really loved the local bands and you'd support your friends. And it was just, yeah, it was a little different than now where, you know, the, the bigger, even it's weird. Like sometimes like 
bands that would draw big crowds in, say, uh, Quebec or, you know, your, some of your more like seminal punk bands or in Europe, in Southern California, people get, I think, a little complacent because, hey, if a band, even a big band plays mm-hmm. here 10 times a year, like, ah, I'll get them next time. You know what I mean? There's just, yeah, you're right. there's not this, there's not the same appreciation for like, a band coming through your town, you know, when it's like every other day, there seems like there's some big punk band playing at some show, you know, where it's like, oh yeah, I saw those guys last week. I saw them five times this year. I'm, you know, so maybe it's a being spoiled kind of thing. Um, I think yeah. just being here and being with all this, all these bands all the time, it's just people yeah. get a little bit, people and get a little spoiled. All your friends, if you live in Southern California, all of your friends are in bands too. And they're dragging <laughs> your ass out to all right. of their shows. So you're just constantly going to shows and supporting local bands. I imagine it's different if you live in a non-metro city or, you know, not in Southern California yeah. where you don't, not everybody, you know, is in a punk band and easy to come out and support them. So it just, I think in Southern California, people do get burnt out. And for the reasons Bill's saying too, that those bands are always coming through town. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> then Tom Petty dies, rest in peace. And you realize you miss them. And so with that said, kids go to the show. Because when someone's in town, go to the show. You never know when's going to be the next time you're going to get to see them. True. But I remember I was, I saw Lagwagon in LA like uh, eight years ago, nine years ago. And I was like, why the show isn't sold out? Yeah. It wasn't a pretty huge venue. It was the El Rey. El Rey. El Rey. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a pretty big venue, I thought. It wasn't huge, though, maybe. I was like, it's not even sold out. It's Lagwagon. No, definitely. Well, in, in Southern California too, you can literally luck out and see some really, some really big bands and like intimate venues. Like I saw the Mad Caddies, one of the best shows I've ever seen mm. in the Soda Bar, which is my favorite place to go to in San Diego. But it's a club that holds like 200 people max. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. place just went, wow. it was as packed as I'd ever seen that oh, place. Wow. But it's like, you can see bigger bands at bar shows in Southern California, which makes it super cool. You know, oh, yeah. I love, I love just favorite. tight, sweaty. I miss tight, sweaty venues, you know, like that's, something talking about coronavirus. Like I'm, I'm just look forward to being like close to people where you're just like crammed in there. You know, that's, I miss that. Yeah. yeah me too. Uh, soon, maybe let's uh, be dreamers about that. <laughs> yeah. Let's indeed be dreamers. Uh, uh, someone else want to talk about music. Like what are you listening these days? Uh, do you have any new influences in punk rock? Did you, do you take time to discover new bands? So, My influence is like I always, I use Spotify a lot. So mm-hmm. I'll find a band that I'm interested in and I always listen to the bands that are similar. And even if I don't know them or never heard of them, I'll always check them out or give them at least a listen, like for a few songs. So same thing with like shows, right? Or if we're playing a show that we haven't played with a certain band and I don't know them, I'll definitely check them out. And it's a really good way to find wow. out mm-hmm. new bands and just local bands and who's, uh, who's out there and what they're doing. That's, that's what I was going to say. That's what I do with shows. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm stuck in my ways. I love listening to the same bands that I still, you know, grew up listening to. But whenever we're playing a show with someone, I'll always look at the bill and check them out. And if we're doing a festival, you know, look at the mid-level bands and, and give them a spin. And that's really a great way to learn about all kinds of new genres and new bands that are oh, doing yeah. really exciting things right now. Wow. So you're not stuck into your old favorite bands. You tried to. We, <laughs> yeah, we definitely, too. we definitely listen to, we definitely listen to the old bands frequently. Sure. But, you know. Sure, they are there forever, but yeah. it's fun also yeah. to, to 
Well, and some of the, and some of your legacy bands are still releasing just amazing music. You know, yeah. like you can't, you can't. Uh, I, I like how the bands. A lot of those bands don't uh, don't rest on the laurels. You know, some do more than others, but some of them that I still listen to are still putting out great music. And like that to me is like really important. That if you want to stay relevant, like you have to keep putting out music that is you know um that is really quality as quality as the stuff you did in the 90s or early 2000s or whatever mm -hmm. so and a lot of those bands are, are doing it man and like i mad respect you know that's that's, yeah. that's pretty awesome great i want to get back to your music uh you released also two music videos in the last weeks uh, last month for a new direction and i think 2020 was it fun to shoot some music video while covid Like, I guess it brings you so much energy. Like, yeah, it's like, because you are performing on those videos. So it's like, oh, it's like a show. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess it was a replacement. It felt really good because it was a, a replacement for um, playing a live show. It was as close as we could get mm -hmm. to like showing a, a chaser performance. Obviously it's over the track, but like showing how we perform or like doing something that was more performance based than anything we've been able to do since uh march last year so yeah so much fun and the album is going to be released uh the beginning of april i think april 9th yep 9th 9th yeah i can't wait april 9th, friday april 9th everywhere available for streaming of course and we still have the pre-sale bundles with t-shirts and all those uh vinyl variants oh yeah really awesome vinyl we love her. i know we love the that came out I'm excited about it. Thank you, guys. That was so great to have you today on my podcast. I'm happy you took well, the time. Yeah, yeah thank you for having us. Thanks, yeah, everybody yeah. listening. If you want to check us out, yeah. we got a website because we keep it old school like that. ChaserPunkRock.com, and you can get on there and see all of our music, music videos, links to all of our social media, etc. So give us a follow. You can subscribe to our mailing list, ChaserPunkRock.com. I'm going to put all those informations in the show notes too. So it's going to be available everywhere. And I can't wait to see you play live at the Red Bridge next year. It's going to happen. Yeah, we look, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, let's dream about it. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a nice day. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye Good seeing you. Good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was a great interview with Chaser. Thank you so much, guys, for submitting your questions. And the guys are super nice because they are allowing me to play an exclusive song. It's a fast and melodic song called Echoes. Echo. Let's listen to it right fucking now. Control. It's 
That song was fucking good. Wow. Believe it or not, I just listened to it for the first time right while I was recording it because I wanted to wait. Oh, God, it's so great. And now it's time for Punk Rock News with Emily Plamondon. Astronaut have released a new song called Wide Awake. I'm really happy because it's the first time in 15 years they're releasing a song. A 7-inch is coming soon too. Oh yeah, it's gonna be called Inner Space. I miss that band so much. I saw them play live, oh, I think it was like 12 years ago and it was totally magic. They also released a vinyl box set. I'm pretty excited about it. And, oh, speaking of Joey Cape, Lagwagon have released a new video. It's a live performance for their song Coffee and Cigarettes, and it was recorded at Punk Rock Holidays on August 8, 2016. It was a beautiful day. Do you get it? <laughs> Sorry, I've been singing a lot on this episode. Might be annoying. <laughs> The band Authority Zero have released a lyrics video for their new song, Fire Off Another. The song is a total banger. Watch this. Also, the Bronx said that they're going to be releasing a new album. It's going to be called Bronx 6 and it's going to be out on August 27th. There's another music video to watch if you want. This time it's for the band Direct Hit. They released a music video for their new single, Hollow Comfort. Oh, the episode's already over. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and share the podcast to your punk rock friends. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, a good way to support the punk rock show is to give it five stars. If you want. I think it's good for the algorithm or something. Bah. Oh, and by the way, every Sunday night, I'm doing a Facebook Live for my radio show here in Quebec City. And I'm building a very nice playlist with the listeners. You can make some requests if you want. You are very, very welcome in the crowd. On the next episode, you're going to hear the first part of the interview I made with Mike Cambra. Mike plays drums in Dead by Stereo, Common War, and The Adolescents. See you next week, punk rockers! Love you guys. Punk your life. <laughs>